What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And welcome back, guys. As you know, last week we did not drop an episode. Uh, just with everything going on and everything, um, we really, you know, we had things to talk about. With just as much as it sounds weird, we didn't have time in a sense um, and just weren't able to drop an episode. But we're back this week. Uh, we have a pretty cool unique episode for you guys today um we're going to be dropping our top 10 toughest players ever in the nba and what you know we kind of mean by that and we kind of based our list off you know who like who has the most um who's a dog and stuff like that um and and you'll kind of get you get get the idea as we go along with the list but first you know jake i just wanted to you know there's no basketball now it's been about two weeks you know what have you been doing over these two weeks and, and stuff like that to um to pass the time, you know, instead of watching basketball or, or any sports really. And with nothing going on, what have you been doing? Uh, well, first of all, um, obviously to anyone who has, you know, Corona, obviously, um, you know, prayers go up, hopefully, you know, everything goes okay. And obviously stay as safe as possible. Um, like I've been doing and it's, it's been tough. It's been difficult to find things to do, um, at times. And I've been just been trying to stay busy. Um, just, I mean, since this is a basketball-related podcast, some some basketball-related stuff that I've been doing, um, you know, playing 2K, uh, watching highlights of, like, the 2000s is one of my favorite eras. So I've just been watching a bunch of uh, LeBron stuff, uh, you know, some old Denver Nuggets uh, mellow highlights um, when he was prime mellow. And then, you know, you have KG and just uh, a bunch of different guys uh, from the 2000s. So that's pretty much what I've been doing um, as far as basketball goes and then obviously other life stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I really been doing the same. Uh, for us, we never re- we never record together anyway as, as we normally um, call each other Skype or use an app or whatever to, to record the podcast. So for us, recording-wise, you know, nothing changed. Um, it's not like you see a lot of these people with podcasts or stuff like that, you know, who normally – have videos you know we don't but and then have to uh, live stream from their houses and stuff but um i've been doing the same you know you, you mentioned the 2000s you know a lot of basketball that i like is in the 80s and 90s and just um the physicality that was in that era and how tough they were and it kind of goes you know it's kind of how we came up with the idea today and i've been watching a lot of basketball from then even though i wasn't born you know just watching you know basketball and and, and seeing players who you never really um, heard of before and stuff like that and yeah I mean I just been watching old basketball old dunk highlights um, just stuff like that so yeah it's, it's been weird you know obviously we're both in college so I have online you know stuff to do I know you do too and, and so it's been pretty weird you know uh, to not be able to do much but yeah I mean that's been pretty much it uh, like Jake said you know just prayers up to everyone and, and, and really just stay inside and or if you do go outside, you know, just keep a distance and, and really, unless you're going to the grocery store or, or to a doctor's appointment, you know, there's really no reason to go anywhere. And, you know, the, the more people cooperate, the faster everything will go. Yeah. And then also uh, just to mention real quick on a side note, I saw Doris Burke, one of the more intelligent female analysts got diagnosed with the coronavirus today. So prayers go up to her. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're recording this It's Friday. We'll be dropping this actually tomorrow, Saturday. Um, so yeah, uh, prayers go up to her, right? Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, um, both got cleared saying, you know, 
that they fully recovered. Uh, Christian Wood, also the Detroit Pistons, got fully recovered. Um, since we've been – our last episode was with Ben Golliver, um, and since then a lot of kind of happened. Kevin Durant got diagnosed uh, with the coronavirus. Some L.A. Lakers who they haven't came out yet uh, or won't come out probably with uh, got diagnosed. Uh, throughout the sports world, really, a lot of people um, from in Europe with soccer and all of that. And so it's been really, you know, it's it's a really weird time. Uh, I think, you know, obviously, this is our first year doing the podcast. And I was really, you know, excited because I, I, I did want to even though we're an NBA podcast, I was, you know, wanted to talk some March Madness and some hoops. And obviously, that won't be happening. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is really our first episode, just a normal episode like me and you have in a while as our past two episodes have been with guests and stuff. And that's been fun. Um, what has, you know, just before we get into it and, and, and into the list, what was your favorite moments probably from the past two episodes? And if you guys haven't checked it out, we interviewed former NBA player Chris Copeland and um, Washington Post reporter Ben Golliver. Uh, two really good, interesting episodes. Uh, what was my favorite noted uh, moments from that? Uh, probably, man, our last, I mean, Chris Copeland's interview was um, definitely, you know, brought a lot of attention to, you know, and his story was all about overcoming adversity and pretty much when all odds are stacked against you, you, you come out on top sort of thing. Um, you know, you don't have to be the biggest name and, and whatnot, but I, I take the most from, um, from the Ben Golliver episode and, and you and I talked off of, um, off of the pod, Ryan, and we were just talking about how, you know, that that's pretty big to to get a guy on there that, um, yeah, of course, this is a really um, not not so good of a time. But in order to get, you know, he, he really gave us a lot of good information. And I learned a lot from that coronavirus. Uh, you know, that's really all we talked about on there and, and just how it was affecting the NBA, the media um, and everything in between. It was just like really good to, to listen to that and, and just um, really get a lot of new insight um, per se that that maybe us and and uh, you know our listeners didn't really know yeah for sure and actually you know today we this episode was we were supposed to have a guest and, and we pushed him back you know w- we do have a couple more guests for you guys and unless they're really a player um, if they're reporters we are you know we're, we want to give you guys the best content possible and we're gonna we're, we're gonna you know kind of save those um, reporters and stuff uh for when the NBA season's back or in the off season, just, you know, so there's things to talk about. Cause right now, you know, there's really not much to talk about. And, you know, that's why we're kind of making stuff up as we go here and, and just figuring out, you know, content to provide you guys, but we will be here, you know, every week. Um, and hopefully we can get some players. So if you guys have any ideas of any players that, you know, you guys want us to reach out to and try to get where, you know, our DMS are open and stuff like that. But with that, you know, I want to get into the list here. So, you know, before we do get, again, before we do get into the list, what was your criteria and stuff? And how did you base your rankings off uh, a top 10 for the toughest players of all time? Well, I based it off of a lot of factors. Um, initially, actually, I, I really thought of, um, you know, it's, and it's a really good question when you think about tough players in the NBA of uh, all time. Um, you know, some obvious ones comes up, come up, which we'll obviously get to um, in a minute, but um, or later down the line, but really at first I thought it was going to be a lot more physically imposing players, but then I really thought about it and I tried to base it more off of guys that aren't so physically imposing guys that, you know, won't maybe back down from a physically imposing player, um, like a Shaq or, um, 
you know, a Yao Ming or, or a, a bigger player per se. Um, so guys that guys that you know, have heart competition. Yeah. What, guys that want competition, they want the, you know, the, the bright lights, they want to, you know, um, you know, pretty much uh, go to war um, and make sure that their team comes out on top. So there's a lot of guys that um, I would say competitiveness was a really big factor for mine, especially if you see down the line um, on my list is, you know, a lot of guys that have competitive fire and, um, you know, guys that talk a lot of junk, uh, if you know what I mean. And then uh, just guys that that really want um, to compete at the end of the day. That's kind of what I based mine off of. But there's several other factors to the mental aspect of the game, um, how you can control, um, you know, control uh, your inner self to make sure, you know, you're, you know, you could deal with, um, you know, the, the big spotlight that comes with the NBA. And, and that's pretty much a lot of what I based my list off of. Yeah, no, I really had the same thing, you know, we, when I actually, we're, you know, we've been talking about what we wanted to talk about on, on the pod and, and stuff like that. And, and actually I came across this on Twitter and I saw someone put, you know, their top 10 or, you know, what top 15, whatever it was, you know, some of their toughest players of all time. And they're asking, you know, their Twitter followers, you know, who, who do they have and stuff. And, and I was like, that's a good idea. And, you know, I called you or whatever, and we were talking about it. And at first, you know, you were like, Hey, you know, that, that might be a little difficult, but then I was like, you know, we started talking about guys and, and we're like, wait a second, you know, this is not as bad as we think. And, and there's a lot of guys, you know, you know, this list that I have, and um, at least I know, you know, there's 10 more guys that I, I really was debating putting on, you know, this list and even guys who are at the bottom of my list, you know, I feel that could be more higher on my list and stuff. So with that, you know, the way I want to kind of do this is I'll give my number 10, you give your number 10, we kind of discuss why we put them on the list and why we put them where they are. So with that, you know, who is your number 10 on, on the most uh the toughest guy or most heart guy uh in nba history well let's let me just say this before i say my number 10 guy um for you know just to put this out there you know the number 30 guy on our list could easily make the top 10 oh yeah for sure let's let's just not let's yeah let's just not throw that um idea or that thought out of the window you know a number 30 guy could easily be top 10 so this is very difficult um but I put a lot of the guys that um, that I've seen, uh, and obviously I think if you see Ryan's list, it'll be a lot more um, older players. But for me, it's Shane Batty at number ten. Um, there's a little bit of bias, I guess, if you want to say behind this one, um, coming from a Heat fan who you know watched the 2013 team and uh, and whatnot. But Shane Batty, um, a guy who will, you know, put his body on the line, put his physical health at line to at the line to, um, you know, to sacrifice for the team. He's a, he's definition of a true, true team player. Uh, one of the reasons why, you know, the Heat were able to go back to back. Um, he's a guy who, you know, really, um, you know, really is competitive and, and will do anything. Uh, he'll take a charge. He'll, you know, die for a loose ball, whatever means necessary, this guy will do it. And, um, you know, he does it uh, in a very, you know, he's one of the more professional players too. Um, that we've seen in terms of just his, you know, how he, he goes about the game and whatnot, but his toughness um, is truly underrated in my eyes. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned him and I, he's not on my list. Um, I'll say that, but you know, he, he did, you know, I knew Shane Battier before he came on the heat as the guy who, who hurt Dwayne Wade. And when Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, hurt his shoulder and his shoulder popped out of his socket in Houston and stuff. And I knew him for that. And I never really liked him for that. 
and then you know he comes on your team and and you know a true a true guy if you notice and i think on both of our lists still show a lot of these guys you talk about the toughest players you talk about the guys with most heart all these guys are great defenders and 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 where you know play defense with their heart on their sleeve and stuff like that so got a shane battier a guy who always is playing defense you know great defense hand in your face and and like you said is willing to do anything um number 10 for me is kevin garnett the big ticket um i think someone who again an example that he could be much higher in the list but he's at number 10 for me uh ticket was i mean the guy talk about doing anything for winning i mean he lay his life on the line you know um metaphorically to, to win. And, and you saw that when, you know, he, he took a back seat and went to Boston and, and, and played with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, um, and just all those years in Minnesota where he really wasn't doing much winning. And, and just, I mean, you see every mentality. He was actually on, on the po- on a podcast with um, uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, all the smoke. And, and he was just talking and that kid, you know, he went to high school in Chicago, grew up in South Carolina, um, and he has, you know, some of that Chicago toughness, even though he was only there for high school, you saw that Chicago toughness in him um, and, and just stuff like that. I mean, just a monster on the court and, and a guy who wasn't only, you know, tough, but put up big numbers and, and stuff like that. And for me, you know, that uh, he's one of my favorite players really of all time and a guy who I love watching highlights of. Yeah, no, definitely, um, you know, and. I don't want to go too into KG because I have him on my list, um, but just the intensity that he brings um, is unmatched, um, and he he definitely um, deserves to be on that list 100%. At number nine for me, uh, I have Zach Randolph, a.k.a. Zebo, a.k.a. Junkyard Dog. Um, Junkyard Dog speaks for itself. Um, you know, he, you know, he's not a – you know, if you look at a team, uh, he's not a guy that specifically will, you know – will just jump out at you, but he really plays with that fire. Um, he scraps um, a very tough player, um, especially on the glass, um, you know, a double-double machine. Um, he's just really a, a tough player to go against. And, you know, you could see, uh, you know, and especially with that Grizzlies type. Um, great and grind. Uh, great and grind, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, he, he added to that and he, he – uh, you know, here's a reason why, you know, the Grizzlies teams weren't too successful in the playoffs. There's like 2012, 2013 Grizzlies. Um, but they were able to, you know, make a name for themselves in the playoffs, um, make somewhat of a name for them. And, and Zebo was was a, a big reason for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, a guy and again, you know, um, not really on my, not on my list, but just outside, literally. I mean, he, he was a guy who I was really um, thinking about putting on and, you know, it says for itself. I mean, he they they named an era after him in in Memphis. I mean, the grit and grind era, uh, a city in Memphis that you know he fits that city, embraced it, um, and and just another guy. You know, again, we're gonna. Keep, I feel like we're gonna keep saying this for all these players, but a guy that will put his body on the line to do anything to win. Um, number nine for me is Patrick Beverly. Uh, I mean. I don't know what more I can say. I mean, the guy just, he, he's willing to do anything. Um, you talked earlier, a guy who, who talks a lot of junk um, and you see that, I mean, just, he, he doesn't hide it. It's not, you know, he, it's not like some of these guys who just say one, two words and, and some slick stuff. 
you know, he's, he's out there talking the whole game. Uh, he's not afraid to talk, to, to defend the best player in the world, like LeBron and, and even him, you know, some of his antics, he, he says it's not a challenge to guard LeBron, even though, you know, he might just be saying that um, he, he, he truly, I mean, he, he says it and he doesn't care what, he, what people think about him. Uh, and, and a guy you want on your team, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people will hate him when he's on another team, but when he's on your team, you know, you love him, you embrace him. And another one of my favorite players, you know, we, we wanted to do this. And, and a lot of these guys are my favorite players of all time, because I, I love, you know, the physicality, the guys who are willing to, to put the, put, put the body on the line and do whatever to win. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, since obviously um, you bring up Patrick Beverly at number nine, uh, I actually have him at number eight. And so Patrick Beverly, as you've reiterated, um, a tough player, a guy who talks, talks a lot of junk. Um, you know, there's no disputing that. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he, he's not my favorite player, um, but very, you know, and I, and I'm not really a, a, a huge fan of him, but honestly, you know, he, you have to respect his toughness and his and journey. The way that he, yeah. And his journey, he, he's a kid from Chicago. And, uh, you know, just a, another guy that comes out of there that, that um, you know, you see a lot of guys that just that want it, that come out of there. And, and you know, this is a part of their um, not only Patrick Beverly, but just kids from Chicago in that area. This is a part of their background. This is their what they, DNA. Yeah. you know, what they come from. And, and um, it shows on the basketball court. He defends some of the games, games, greats, um, LeBron James being one of them, Kevin Durant being another one. Uh, but he, you know, he doesn't back down from the challenge and that, and that's what you, you like about his toughness. Um, that's why he's on the list. Uh, and he's a true competitor. Um, he doesn't, like I said, doesn't back down from anyone. Um, he wants to guard, um, the game's greatest players, whether that be Harden, uh, you know, or anyone else, LeBron, KD, uh, whoever it may be, um, he doesn't back down one bit. And I think that's very, you know, and especially for a six foot guy, um, you know, obviously don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's his actual height, but, um, but I think it's around six feet and, and he doesn't mm-hmm. back down from seven footers. Um, not one bit. Yeah, no. And, and something that, you know, I, I think I forgot to say, and you didn't mention was, I mean, a, a guy who, who he, he took a journey to the NBA. I mean, went to college, left college, um, ended up, you know, doing some, you know, stuff and, and going back to the streets for a little bit and, and dealing drugs and, and kind of got his life back together. And, and and played you know overseas before finally making it to the NBA and and just a guy like like you said like like I like I reiterated I mean like I'm gonna reiterate I mean a guy you want on your team and just all around dog out there um for me number eight is AI I mean there's I mean I think out of this list, you know, and and I think down the line there's gonna be some better players than him, but he's one of the all time greats, not just as a tough player, but just as an all around basketball player, but a guy who himself, you know, went through a lot of stuff before getting to the NBA and, and just, I mean, you look at the NBA now and, and he changed the culture in my opinion and off the court, on the court. I mean, he, he was a dude you don't want to mess with. I mean, he's a bad dude. And, and I mean that in a good way. And I mean, just an all around dog. I mean, he, he was, the city of Philadelphia, he put on his back and, and just, I mean, he, he carried them to a couple finals appearances, never won a championship. But again, you know, just a great, great um, player and a, and, and, and a guy who's willing to, to put his body on the line, like I keep reiterating. I mean, 11-time All-Star, 
um, uh, four-time scoring title, uh, three-time steals champ, which just shows his defense and, and like a lot of these guys on the list, like a lot of guys on the list, you know, just a great defensive player. Juan. All right, good. So at number seven, I have uh, Ben Wallace. Um, ben Wallace was known as one of the NBA's um, strongest players, um, but he was also a competitor. Um, and with those mid two thousands uh, Pistons teams, uh, he you know, you know the whole team didn't want to you know back down. But Ben Wallace is another story where you know he goes undrafted to you know a champion and then a Hall of Famer. So you know he embodies just pretty much. Uh, you know, the definition of a tough player. Um, another guy who yet, you know, you know, didn't want to back down from anyone. And I think we'll reiterate that time and time again, uh, just how these guys uh, wanted to compete. And, um, you know, obviously, well, the next guy I, I bring up uh, will be related to him, but um, in, in some way or in some fashion. But you bring up the malice at the palace. Um, and that was, a, you know, obviously um, – just a, a base for, you know, just the, the level of toughness that Ben Wallace presented um, and, uh, you know, just how uh, Artest had, um, Ron Artest had just, um, you know, swung at him pretty hard when he went up for a dunk, Ben Wallace, and then they just, you know, got after it. So, and obviously there was a big, um, you know, there was a brawl. big uh, brawl. brawl. Um, yeah, brawl in terms of, you know, just because of, you know, what had happened in years prior with the Pacers and the Pistons, but, um, just to see them, you know, know of the know of the rivalry and, and Wallace know of, of what was there and, and for them to get after it. Um, yeah, it kind of uh, escalated to, you know, to a level where it wasn't really acceptable. But it just showed their competitiveness and their toughness in that moment. And I think that, that that's a pretty good example to show Ben Wallace's level of toughness. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have Ben Wallace a little higher on my list and I won't get too much into him. But I have to agree with everything you're saying. Um, for me, number seven, uh, and this is where our, our uh, list kind of differ. I, I go back, you know, to the '80s and, and Kevin McGa- Kevin McHale, um, a Hall of Famer, and a guy who who in that time, you know, there was fights like there are in hockey. I mean, guys were just going at it, and a guy who, I mean, he he did whatever to get his team to win. Um, he was on those great Celtics teams who competed with, with the Lakers in the eighties and the Pistons and, and, and teams like that. I mean, just, um, an all around great player. And I think people really forget about how great he, he was. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean, just, he, if people came in the paint. Um, he wasn't afraid to excuse my language, put them on their ass and, and just, I mean, and, and stare them down. And, and, you know, he, he, he embodied, you know, that Boston culture and, and, you know, in the eighties, you know, Boston, you know, waste teams, they come in the locker room, the air's not working. There's, you know, no hot water in the showers and stuff like that. And, and he just, that, you know, he was really a good fit for that 80 Celtics team. And, and, you know, this is, you know, with not much going on, you know, and if you want to watch some good basketball, I mean, go watch, go watch the 80 Celtics and stuff. I mean, just, you see the physicality that I'm talking about, not only with him, just everyone back in that era was, I mean, you, you really needed to be tough. And that's why a lot of guys, you know, we mentioned Pat Bev earlier. I mean, a guy who could play back then. And I, I really don't believe a lot of guys could play that are playing now back then because of how physically 
tough it was. And, and just even though guys now are, are stronger and fitter, I think that, you know, there was a certain mental toughness also that came with it. And Kevin McHale really had all of that into one. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Um, like I said, I'm not really too into uh, old era. You won't see a, a whole ton of, um, you know, older era players for me. But um, just definitely like the rivalries as well. It adds to just, um, you know, how seriously rivalries I think were taken back then um, with the Celtics and the Lakers. Um, you know, heated heated rivalries were there. And uh, competitiveness, uh, you know, obviously was there as well. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, you were able to see toughness of a guy like McHale, um, you know, pinning down whoever, you know, came to meet him in the pain and, uh, and whatnot. So I think that it definitely speaks to the rivalries back then. Um, and just how, um, you know, the, the, the level of competitiveness, um, that we see, um, in all, all throughout the NBA. Um, and I had, uh, Ben Wallace at number seven on my list. I have number six, a uh, guy who is connected to Ben Wallace in some sorts. Um, speaking of the malice of the palace, uh, Ron Artest, um, who was the center of attention um, at that in that fight in Detroit. Um, and he's, you know, he's been in a lot of fights um, over the years. Um, and again, this doesn't really have to do too much with, um, you know, I don't want to really talk about the physicality aspect of it because I don't think it's, I don't think that's what defines toughness um, and, you know, obviously, we keep reiterating competitiveness. Uh, Ron Artest. Oh wait, was... wait, wait, wait! Not to interrupt. Wait, what do you mean that? Like, because <laughs> what do you mean like the fighting and stuff? Because like to me, that's also a major part. Like, listen, I don't condone fighting, and but it did bring a, an extra level to the game, especially back you know back when, and and it kind of malice at the palace kind of put an end to that and, and they really enforced flagrant fouls and stuff and that's why the nba is what it is now but when when you say that why why do you say that and, well, and how did why did you put that in your criteria well well i wanted to say no i wouldn't say i think fighting has a lot to do with it i'm saying like i put into my list um the meaning behind the fights like the the competitive okay okay you know? no, like the, I, I get you i get like you. if you get what that yeah if you get what no I mean, no I, I do i just like, I'm not talking about, you know, you don't have to be the biggest guy, you know, in the fight or whatever. You don't have to be the biggest guy in the NBA or whatever. whatever. It's just the meaning behind those fights. And especially, like, like if you look at a fight in, in modern NBA today and you see, a, you know, for example, like a team like, I don't know, the Hornets, uh, you know, trying to go after a team like the Cavs. I don't know. Uh, you know, those teams aren't really competing for anything, right? So if you take two teams like, uh, I don't know, the Lakers and the Clippers, for example, who are fighting for a, a spot. Um, and obviously when the, uh, you know, when the, when the season gets, gets rolling, you know, again, but you know, when, when you have two teams fighting for a, you know, a chance to represent the Western conference in in, in a finals matchup, you know, you're going to have competitiveness and those fights that break out are more meaningful than a fight between a team, like two teams that aren't really competing. So getting back to the whole, Getting back to the whole Ron Artest, you know, spiel that I was talking about, uh, you know, Ron Artest was uh, on a lot of, you know, his fights were meaningful. They were competitive fights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, two teams like the Pistons and the and the Pacers fighting up against each other. Uh, those are two teams that have had, you know, battles, um, you know, at the time that that fight happened, you know, uh, you know, the Pacers, I think they had beaten or excuse me, they that was the season after the Pistons had won. 
Um, so the Pistons had knocked out um, the Pacers um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so, you know, those two teams had a lot of, um, you know, battles back and forth. And that fight's meaningful. And another fight is – or a, a, another thing, too, is when, um, you know, Ron Artest gave a elbow to James Harden in the face – um, that's another one where, you know, you have two teams, you know, the Thunder, are a young team, but they're competing and they got to the 2012, you know, NBA finals to face up against the Heat, um, you know, and, and, you know, those are just two examples where, you know, Ron Artest was on a lot of the NBA's, you know, great teams and like the Lakers and the, and the Pacers. And if you look back at it, you know, those fights had a lot of meaning and it showed his toughness, um, throughout those years. Yeah. Um, I have him coming up soon on my list, but at number six for me is Bill Lambeer, another guy back from the 80s um, on those bad boy Detroit Piston teams, which to me is one of my favorite teams of all time. Um, and te- a team that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, and just uh, listen, Bill Lambeer, I think he might be um, a guy who grew up in Chicago, but he grew up in the right, you know, in the good parts of Chicago. And, and he was, you know, uh, a kid who, you know, really wasn't respected in the NBA because, you know, he, he thought he was, you know, he thought very highly of himself and, and, and a lot of the guys in the NBA didn't like him. And, and I think there's still a lot of guys who don't like him and he's been retired for 20 plus years now. But, you know, you t- we were talking about Kevin McHale and him and Kevin McHale had a lot of battles together, um, um, going at each other, you know, throwing elbows and a guy who Bill Ambeer. Listen, if if I'm picking someone to to start a team with based off toughness, and I know he's not my number one, but you know a, a guy who who's good in the locker room um, and, and and a good camaraderie guy and, and stuff like that. So for me, I love Bill Ambeer, he, he, another one of my favorite players of all time, uh, and and a guy who listen, he wasn't the best player of all time, and and he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he got the job done for you. Uh, good rebounder, but. Again, he, he wasn't afraid to bang bodies and, and, and get in the post and, you know, and stuff like that and, and, and throw an elbow here or there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and obviously, as you reiterated, not a, not a guy that, um, you know, not a guy that was too successful in the NBA, but, you know, especially during college, um, a guy that was, um, you know, very, very, very cocky, but for, for a good reason. He was a good player um, at Duke and, um, you know, he, he, you know, a lot of people didn't really get along with no, no, him no. Too, too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? he went to Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Right. Oh, you're talking about, I have the wrong guy. <laughs> I was thinking you're good, of, you're good. Um, I was thinking of, Christian I don't know Leighton. why I got, yeah, I was thinking of Leighton, that's why. I don't know why I get him. <laughs> no, no, Bill Ambeer, and actually Bill, you know, <laughs> I the, think he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he yeah. saved, he saved a lot of, uh, I, he saved Isaiah Thomas a lot of times, you know, not the Isaiah Thomas that kids now know, but the the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas from getting in a lot of fights and stuff, and, and you know, a guy who, him, you know, Rick Mahorn, who, another guy who could have made my list, who was on those Piston teams, you know, guys who you don't want to mess around, and, and, you know, they, him and Rick Mahorn, you know, with Jordan, they used to have, or whoever came in the paint, you know, they would say tap, tap, and that meant put him on his ass and and, and give him a good elbow. And, and that, that's just why, you know, I love those Piston teams. And he's one of, you know, a guy who's really high, highly ranked on my list, too. I don't know, if, you know, too many people might have him this highly ranked on my list or on yeah, their well, list. Yeah, well, to give a proper reflection now, but um, no, just um, Billy Lambeer, just, uh, you know, and if you talk about, you know, teams that, 
you know, and, and obviously this is this is a topic for discussion um, in a later podcast. But you know, top toughest teams, uh, you know, the Detroit Pistons, you know, that was a rather you know tough team that featured the likes of Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, uh, you know, guys like that who, you know, really didn't want to. And, and Detroit was also known as you know a team that and a city that you know that that was embodied toughness. And Bill Lambeer, uh, you know. Obviously not the most successful NBA player, but he was willing to do whatever he he could to, um, for his team. Uh, and um, that's for sure. Put, yeah, put his body on the line and whatnot, and and um, you know, uh, just a physically imposing and and mentally tough guy um, to have on your team that you want. Uh, for number for number five on my list, I have Gary Payton. Um, man, just I think. To go along with, uh, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of guys embody, um, you know, modern day Patrick Beverly now, and and you know Pat Bev, you know, has a you know talks talks some smack, and I think Gary Payton was you know the ultimate uh, the trash OG, talker. Yeah, the OG for that. Um, he's uh, ultimate ultimate trash talker. Um, but he, you know. You know where he comes from. He comes from Oakland, and Oakland obviously uh, is not uh, the prettiest of places. Um, you know, has its you know gangs, has its fights, has its brawls, um, and he grew up in that environment, and uh, you know carried that uh, same energy in the NBA. Um, you know, never never backed down from you know MJ, his idol. Uh, you know, got the nickname the Glove. Um, which he, you know, had earned from, uh, you know, his defensive um, abilities and, you know, winning defensive player of the year and whatnot. Um, just the ultimate competitor and, you know, was uh, never really, uh, never really had, um, you know, obviously the Supersonics teams with him and Sean Kemp were fun to watch. Um, you know, especially if you, you know, you throw it up to Sean Kemp, he's going to go get it. But, um, you know, he, he, he never had the most successful teams, um, but he was a very good player and showed that his toughness, um, you know, to, to talk smack. And not only to talk smack, but to defend it is pretty impressive, and that's why he's on my list. Yeah. Um, GP, a guy who, to be honest, I kind of forgot about. And yes and no, I mean, he was going to make my list, and a guy who probably should have made my list. Um, but the ultimate trash talker. I mean, a guy who, who, I mean, he had, he had a rebuttal for everything. He had something to say to anybody and everybody. Um, a guy in that 2005, 2006 championship heat team who we know so well. Um, and, and that was towards the end of his career, but a guy who was hall of famer, um, one of the best to ever do it. And, and just a great, great, uh, you know, he's a guy, again, you want on your team, like a lot of the, like all of these guys are. So, for me, number five, you mentioned him, Ron Artest, Malice at the Palace, uh, you know, a.k.a. now Meta World Peace. I mean, just a guy who, talk about a crazy person, that's Ron Artest. I mean, another guy who, when he's on your team, you love him, but when you're playing against him, you hate him. You hate him. And, yep. I mean, just hate him with a passion. And, and Malice at the Palace, I mean, go, you talk about crazy I mean, going in the in the stands and and, and you know beating, fighting fans and you know I think another guy who who kind of was you know a guy who could have made this list too, Stephen Jackson, um, who we mentioned earlier with his podcast. Uh, we mentioned his podcast earlier, but 
I mean, Ron Artest, just ultimate dog out there. Do he? I mean, he was on those. He ended up being on those Lakers teams, and a guy who not many people realize was a really, really good basketball player. I mean, he was in MVP discussions and stuff like that um, in the beginning of his career, especially then. And I think after that fight, he really didn't get a lot of the respect he should have from the league and and, and stuff like that just because they labeled him as, you know, kind of a, a, a dirty player and stuff due to that fight. But, I mean, a guy who, who at one point, you know, that season, you know, that 2004-2005 season, he only played seven games, but he was averaging close to 25 points a game before he ended up getting suspended for so many, so many games. You know, I think it's the longest suspension in NBA history. But, I mean, you touched on it earlier on our test as number five for me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't really have too much to add on, on Ron Artest. Um, already, you know, explained my thoughts. Uh, but, but for number four, uh, and, you know, obviously we're narrowing down the list here, so – uh, you mentioned Kevin Garnett before, so I'm mentioning him at number four. Uh, that's my, uh, you know, top four. Uh, that's my number four player on the list. Uh, KG. When I think of KG, I think of intensity. Uh, that's a word that comes to mind. Uh, he spread and you know he spread this intensity throughout all of his teammates, all of his championship teams, uh, or his you know his championship Boston Celtics. Um, you know he he embodied um, this intensity. Um, and this, uh, um, you know, certain, uh, toughness that you need to have to, you know, go out and win games. And, uh, you know, everyone's going to talk about, you know, the fighting and whatnot for, for toughness, but, you know, this is something you really need, um, to go out there and, you know, it needs, you know, some, some of it needs to, or a lot of it needs to be in your championship DNA. And this is something that, um, you know, when he got to Boston, uh, you know, they had younger guys on the team, um, such as, uh, you know, Big Baby, uh, Perk, you know, a bunch of a bunch of young guys that were coming up uh, and and KG set the foundation for these guys, um, you know, along with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce um, and others. And, you know, he, he instilled this um, tough mentality, you know, and, and you got to have that to go up against you know, some of the great teams, uh, in the East, like the heat, um, you know, the, um, yeah, you know, the Cavs other, when LeBron the was Cavs, on. Yeah. The Cavs. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, the Kobe's and the Lakers and, and whatnot, um, you know, you gotta have this. And, and that's something that KG brought, uh, night in night out, um, every single day, um, you know, whether it be in practice and, in, in, in the game, um, you know, it could be a scrimmage, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, you know, KG brought this out and, um, and, you know, you could really, really, uh, uh, you know, see it when he played. And I think that was, um, you know, big for me when I was making my list and, you know, he definitely deserves to be a number four for me. Yeah. For me, number four, I have, uh, you touched on him earlier, Ben Wallace r- related malice in the palace, but I mean, part of those, uh, Piston teams that were, you know, when they got back to winning um, in in the early 2000s, him, Rashid Wallace, Chauncey Billups, uh, those teams. And and really, I mean, again, defense seems to be a major topic here. Uh, Six-time all-defensive players, four-time defensive player of the year, um, champion 2003-2004. I mean, just a guy, you know, you really touched all the points earlier, but I mean, 
all around guy you want on your team and, and again like a lot of these players championship dna and, and guys you need to have to win a championship but i mean never was scored the most points um and things like that but always got the job done rebounded the ball uh and, and was uh, someone on the court that you always needed you know come down the stretch yeah no doubt um ben wallace another guy that i touched up on before um true competitor uh, and, you know, you, it speaks for itself with, you know, when you when you see the team success um, with, uh, you know, Wallace and, and whatnot. So um, it's definitely a, a pick that I can, you know, agree with um, to an extent, obviously, because I had him, um, you know, obviously um, further down my list um, near the top 10. But uh, for me, number three, um, as we start to really, really narrow this list down is Dennis Rodman. Um, super tough player. Um, could arguably be uh, the top guy on this list for me. Uh, reason I don't have him, uh, number one, is because of two other guys that I thought, you know, obviously um, exemplified uh, competitiveness and what it takes to win it. It shows you in their in their resumes um, and in their work ethics. But for me, Dennis Robbins, number three, um, and felt like this was a good place for him because he's a super tough player, really fierce competitor, aggressive. Um, you talk about a guy that, you know, was, you know, and he, you know, he obviously on the Pistons uh, was one thing, but when he was on the Bulls, man, uh, the guy was, and, and even on the Pistons, he was a really, really good player. Um, but then obviously you, you pair him up with MJ, uh, you know, and it, it takes it to even, you know, a whole nother, um, you know, uh, a whole nother level um, to say. Uh, but as far as Rodman, man, just uh, he's, he's, you know, he, he's a tough, he's a tough player to play. Um, and he, he really, uh, you know, plays with intensity, uh, plays with that sort of aggressive um, attitude, as I mentioned before. Uh, and, you know, definitely uh, one of the toughest com uh, competitors in my eyes, but I could not, um, you know, put him over the two guys that I have at one and two. Yeah, um, I have Rodman uh, coming up soon on my list. Um, uh, so I won't get too much into him. But for me, number three, um, I'm kind of breaking the rules here, but I have two guys at number three, and this was really tough because I needed to put them on the list. It's Kobe um, and MJ, two guys who uh, I'll start off basically with Kobe. And, and I mean, or I'll start off with MJ, actually, and, and – to me, he's the greatest of all time. He's my goat. But not only that, he was really he was willing to do anything to win. Um, had that he had the Mamba mentality before the Mamba mentality to me before it was known as the Mamba mentality. Um, and and there's a reason why to me they're connected and 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 it kind of goes now to Kobe as why Kobe's the closest thing to MJ that there ever will be. Um, and just both of them, their, their drive, their willingness. I think, uh, you know, in these past couple of months with Kobe's passing, you know, everyone really shedded a light on, you know, the mama mentality and everything again for Kobe. But and, and they really went into Kobe and MJ again and, and how similar they were. And just, I mean, both of them, they did everything that in their power to win. If that, you know, playing hurt, doing anything, and, and to me, I mean, that, 
I didn't want to leave, you know, there were some other guys I didn't want to leave off the list. So I kind of put them together and I thought it was only fitting they would be together. So that's my number three. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, and for my last two guys, um, I'll get into my number one guy. Um, but number two, um, as you spoke of firsthand before you talked about Kobe, you mentioned MJ, that's my number two is Michael Jordan. Um, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. Um, that's obviously a you know discussion for a later date um, and a discussion that's still go- ongoing about who's the greatest. But um, as far as toughness, uh, he's the ultimate um, tough guy, uh, a guy who won six rings, uh, you know, perfect record in the finals. Uh, and he wanted to get every one, last one of those rings. Uh, you know, he would do anything and everything capable uh, you know, including, you know, playing with the flu where he had 38 points. Um, you know, he, 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 he didn't care, um, you know, whether he had the flu, whether he had, uh, shoot, maybe, I mean, I mean, they won't, they won't want to play with Corona, but you know, if, if, you know, somehow, you know, he would make it work. Um, and you know, whatever, whatever it took, um, he would definitely, um, definitely, definitely, uh, come out with a victory uh and you know people talk about uh you know whether he needed help or whatever uh and you know he he could have you know you know he could have done it you know obviously Pippen was a great sidekick to have uh but you know ultimately you know MJ is MJ and you know he he could do uh you know you saw throughout his career that he could do anything he puts his mind to um so you know he definitely the ultimate competitor um, and embodies toughness. And he's, you know, he's definitely up there for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think to, before I get to my number two, to touch on MJ again, something that I didn't say was, you know, listen, all these um, guys, all these great players, they, they, they're different than, than, and that's what makes them great. But MJ, Kobe, there's not many uh, hall of fame great you know top five great players of all time that did what they did and 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 put their body on the line like a pat bev and and no disrespect to pat bev or or like a ron artest and stuff like that Um, my number two is dennis rodman uh a guy uh, you touched on him earlier like ron artest uh crazy i think ron artest was probably the closest thing in our era to dennis rodman um, just, I mean, part of those bad boy teams and, and, uh, he, he literally would do anything on the court. Uh, he, he always loved his teammates, did anything for them, a hall of famer. Um, after winning, you know, those two championships with the bad boys, he had a second career in, in, uh, in Chicago and, and, you know, just a guy who, again, I mean, would do anything for anyone and, and just stuff like that. So, I mean, just a, an all around a uh, great guy, a uh, great player, and, and someone who, you know, for his size was one of the greatest rebounders of all time. And, and you know, his points, points-wise, you know, he never put up, you know, flashy points or had flashy stats, but rebound-wise, I mean, he, you know, would average 17, 18, 19 rebounds in a season, and that's unheard of, especially for the guy who, who, yeah. who's six seven, you know, who's a small forward shooting guard, you know, type player. Yeah, and, and you mentioned – you know, just to add on to what you said, just another undersized guy. Uh, we can't really, you know, I I don't think 
you know, really we touch up on all these guys, but a lot of the guys that we've mentioned are, you know, undersized players or they're, they're undrafted or whatnot. So that speaks to the level of tough, toughness along with obviously where they come from and the area in which they grow up in. Um, but that, that really adds to um, the fire for them. Um, and it's, yes, I mean, but, I mean Dennis, a lot of the- Dennis, Rod- Dennis Rodman was homeless. I mean, 20, he didn't start playing basketball until he was, you know, 17, 18 years old. So it just shows how much talent he had and, and, and the drive he had also. Exactly. Yeah. And then number one, um, I'll say this is really sentimental. Um, and obviously, uh, it's sentimental for all of us. Number one's Kobe for me. Uh, and th- this one, honestly, if you would have asked me, um, you know, uh, and obviously, um, I knew of his competitive fire. I knew of, you know, the mom mentality. I knew of all that stuff, but you know, when, when he passed and you know, obviously we're not going to get into that, um, you know, to, you know, I don't really even want to mention that, but you know, when he passed, I really just, um, looked into his mentality a lot more, um, started applying it in my daily life and sure. Maybe MJ had a lot of that, um, in his career, but for me, uh, you know, obviously this could be a little bit of, um, you know, just because of the fact that, you know, he's not here anymore, but, you know, he would definitely be up on my list, you know, if he was still alive, but just the fact that, you know, I, I look, really looked into his mentality after he passed and, and just the way this guy worked um, every, every day um, to make sure that he was the best. He wanted nothing, you know, he didn't, you know, he wasn't satisfied with, you know, one ring, two rings, three rings, whatever. He, he wanted to be the best and he wanted to get, you know, whatever rings, uh, you know, how many ever rings he wanted. And, uh, you know, when Shaq left, you know, he, he didn't, uh, you know, back down from the challenge. Uh, it was his team now uh, completely. And, you know, he went out and got, you know, uh, some more rings. So, again, another guy, uh, you know, this is the top guy for me. I think that he, uh, when you talk about tough uh, and you, you really look into the definition of toughness, um, this guy checks off all the, you know, the whole entire board for me. Uh, and it's someone that you can't um, leave off of your top 10 board in my eyes. Um, he's just a guy who, you know, is no doubt the, the toughest player I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I mentioned, I talked about him earlier and, and I totally have to agree with everything you said. Um for me, though, number one, and a guy I know you didn't have on your list, but again, this shows, you know, me going back kind of old school, 90s, uh, Charles Oakley. Um, Oak was, you know, his nickname was the Oak Tree. <laughs> I mean, seven, you know, six foot eight, you know, 225. I mean, just a monster uh, and just someone who you did not want, you don't want to mess with on or off the court, in my opinion. Um, I know recently, you know, in the past couple of years, he came up you know, all-time great Nick, and he got thrown out of the garden, and him and, and current owner James Dolan, you know, I think I've voiced my opinion enough, if you listen to this podcast enough, about my displeasure yeah. with James Dolan, and I think you have voiced your opinion too, but you know, just what he did for that Nick franchise and everything, and, and he put, you know, those 90 Knicks teams were actually good. Um, I know probably a lot of many people who listen to this podcast probably are, weren't, weren't alive. We weren't alive for that, but, you know, um, someone who, again, I think another common thing on this list besides maybe a handful, you know, a couple guys is didn't have the flashiest stats, you know, didn't put up, you know, 20 points, 25 points, you know, he just was there and, but he did something and it might not show up in the stat sheet, but he made a big impact on the game when he was in the game. And 
and you know Charles Oakley my number one. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. To be fair, a lot of the guys on my list were, and and you see throughout all of our lists, um, you know, if you look at it from a, from you know the whole entire thing, it's just. Yeah, a lot of my guys were 2000s guys and guys that I, you know, grew up watching. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys on your list, um, you know, definitely uh, deserve some recognition as well. Um, you know, obviously just not guys that I've watched. Um, and that's pretty much the basis for my list, um, along with the factors that I that I had mentioned. But really for me, just guys that um, I grew up watching and, and I've watched a lot of highlights of is uh, what I based my list off of. But two, two very um, good lists, in my opinion. Yeah, and real quick, you know, I, I'll just read through my uh, top ten again, going from ten to one, and then you can do the same. I, you know, for me, number ten, Kevin Garnett, number nine, Pat, Patrick Beverly, number eight, uh, AI, Allen Iverson, number seven, Kevin McHale, number six, Bill Ambeer, number five, Ron Artest, number four, Ben Wallace, number three. Um, I had two guys at number three, Kobe and MJ, only fitting, like I said, for them to be together. Uh, number two, Dennis Rodman, and number one, Charles Oakley. And then I'll have Shane Battier, Zach Randolph, Pat Bev, uh, Ben Wallace, Ron Artest, um, Gary Payton, and then my uh, top, or excuse me, my top five is Gary Payton, Kevin Garnett, uh, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, and then Kobe Bryant. Yeah, so um, that's our list for our toughest players. Uh, you know, kind of a fun list. You know, a lot of people do list, you know, top guards, top all-time players and stuff like that. And, and just kind of basically something that, again, I saw on Twitter and I was like, hey, this might be fun to talk about. And to me, you know, I had a really good time talking about this. And, and you know, going back to guys in the 80s who maybe a lot of you haven't heard of or, or don't think about, and then also guys, you know, like Shane Battier and stuff, guys like you mentioned, Jake, who I just don't think of right off the top of my head that are, like, guys who would do anything to win. And, you know, there's so many guys that we leave off this list, but, you know, guys like, you know, for us Heat fans, Udonis Haslam, or, or you know, I left off my list, Gary Payton, I know you had him on your list. So guys like that, you know, that just um, would do anything to win. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this was this was a fun episode. Um really not much more to it guys i mean we're just you know we're gonna we're gonna have more lists like this uh, more on on further podcasts you know basically until the nba comes back you know we're just going to be doing a lot or you know we'll try to get on some guests for you guys yeah no for sure um and also um let us know i think we'll be we're, we're gonna try and post more on the instagram and more on our social medias so let it let us know i'd be interested to see what what you guys want to see for top 10 lists uh and obviously you know, try try to be creative with it uh, as much as you can. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, top 10 point guards all, uh, of all time or top 10 centers of all time or whatever it may be. Uh, try to get creative with it like this. I thought this was pretty creative. Um, again, a lot of a lot of what we talked about was generally a, a, along the same lines about, you know, competitive this guy, competitive that guy. But, you know, something, you know, if you guys could come up with something really, really creative that we could really um, expand on, that would be great, I think. Yeah, for sure. And where and where can they where can they find us on social media, Jake, uh, to tell us all of this? Uh, they can find us uh, on social media on Instagram at underscore around the league underscore, and um, and then also make sure to uh, check us out on all on all platforms. Uh, that being Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yep, guys, uh, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, 
you know, whatever you think, if that's a one star or that's a five star, you know, preferably five star, you know, it helps us so more people can see us, <laughs> but you know, listen, we, we want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, we hear from some of you, but we want to hear from more of you. And, and, you know, just like Jake said, we're going to really, you know, now that we, you know, even though we have schoolwork, you know, we have a lot of time on our hands. So we're going to try to get more active on social media and, and be creative with these podcasts and, and bring stuff to you guys and, and, you know, talk about, you know, teams that are maybe who knows, you know, different type of lists. So if you, if, again, on social media, DM us or comment, um, our DMs are open and, and, you know, what list do you want to hear? You know, what do you guys want to hear us talk about and stuff like that? And, and yeah, for sure. So uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, anything else, Jake? Nothing much. Uh, stay safe guys. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.